Hello and welcome to this intro to episode four of the Comedian's Tea Party with Cy Deves. Um, so in this episode we have Andy's story and we just we just have a really nice chat. To be honest, it's good. Chat. Like we we talk about some sort of fairly dark, not dark, deep subjects. Um, talk about awkwardness and sort of being the king of being awkward whenever possible. Um, talk about sort of our heroes. And you know, even though I don't entirely agree with some of uh, some of what Andy was saying, because I do not like Morrissey, uh, you know, it's a good chat. It's a really good chat. Um, there's not even many uh, sort of stings and stuff in it because the just the chat just flowed. It just continued going, and uh, you know, it's really good. It's really nice. Uh, just want to say a massive thanks to everyone that's been getting in touch and emailing and saying they've been enjoying the podcast, and uh, I've had some people getting in touch. Uh, telling me about how they make their tea and what kind of tea they like, and I, you know, I like I like the interaction. It's nice. Um, so please continue to do that. And uh, um, my girlfriend's friend who listens, uh, I have forgotten her name, so that's all good. Shouldn't have brought it up, but um, she, uh, uh, my girlfriend has a friend who has been listening, like sort of when she's off work, ill, uh, and she, like she, she said that she's been enjoying it, and so that feels good. You know, I feel like I'm doing something good in the world, uh, <laughs> so it's lovely. Um, please keep listening. Tell your friends. Thanks everyone for like the positive reviews and everything nice that you've said. Uh, it really helps. Feels really good. Um, you know, helps us to be seen as well. So please continue to uh, give us some five-star reviews on iTunes and your other favourite podcast apps. Um, there is a couple of points in the podcast where something weird happens to the sound, and I don't know what it is, and I've tried my very best to uh, sort it out, but something got corrupted on uh, a file, and... Like the original doesn't exist anymore, so um, we've got this version. Basically, it just cuts out the sound, cuts out a little bit, and cuts out a few words here and there. Um, largely, one of them is wide hips and big boobs, and just that, just so you know, that that gives context to something that happens later on. So, listen through, find out what that is. Bit weird, but there we go. I'm a bit weird. Um, otherwise, oh, I will say apologies. For I know I know I said in the last little sort of mini one I know I said that I'd be back soon, uh, but I've been wildly bu- I've been continued being wildly busy, um, so I apologise. But we're getting there now, and I'm I'm catching up myself. I've recorded four episodes this past week, um, so this one is coming out now uh, as you are finding out because you're listening to it and then I've got two coming out next week and that is important they come out next week but basically they're coming out they're both coming out next week because in both of them uh, we talk about the South End Festival uh, which is it starts next Saturday the no sorry next Friday the 14th of July June of June Friday the 14th of June um, and the comedy side of the festival launches on Saturday the 15th of June and I'm bringing that up because it is my show that is launching the comedy side of the festival so please like it's uh, it's free entry but you know it's pay, it's pay what you want but uh, you can also reserve tickets online 
for five pounds and it it hopefully it looks like it's going to be busy so uh it might be worth sort of just reserving a ticket uh early uh for five pounds online uh, and then you don't have to pay anything or if you think it's worth more continue to give me money when you get there and that's fine um otherwise enjoy the podcast Hello and welcome to episode four, I think, of uh, the Comedian's Tea Party with Cy Deeves, with me, Cy Deeves. And my guest today is Andy Story. Hello, everybody. I'm Hello. Andy Story. Here we are in, uh, yeah. in Cy Deeves' uh, friend's kitchen. Beautiful yes. house. Uh, yeah, massive thank you to uh, Gemma Carrot. Carrot? This is the... I should, I, shouldn't, Cy, I, should, I should have borrowed someone else's flat. Cy Deeves, best friend there. Yeah. Uh, Gemma Carragher. <laughs> since I've known her, I've always said caricature because it's... it's Gemma Caricature. Yeah. That's a good name. It's it's spelled odd and pronounced odd. But... What is what is her surname? Carragher. Carra. Carragher. Car- or Carragher. C-A-R-R-A-C-H-E-R. Don't search that online. That'd be weird. Yeah. Carragher. I'm pretty sure that's right. I've just I've never I've never bothered to learn it because I just thought <laughs> caricature is funny. I stick with that. It's perfect. I'm sure she's enjoyed that. Yeah, over the years. Uh, yes, yeah, we'll put thank you to Gemma for having. And it. she's laid on some sort of. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure I can eat, eat any of that because I'm, the, I'm a vegetarian. But we've got the milk chocolate. I can't have that. I can certainly have that, which is a yeah mini cheddar. Which I might not know because I'm talking. But and what is that? Little. I don't. It looks like fudge, but it's green. Green fudge. Just smelling it. Mm, I'm not sure what that might be. Do you know what? I'm going like to dive treat. I'm going to dive straight in. <laughs> it could be a dog treat. What is it? Oh. Some kind of sweet. <laughs> we don't know what it is. No. I'm sure it's not. No, it's I'm, probably not I'm not a vegan, so I might try one. But, yeah. Uh, I'll try one. Let's it go tastes like it. it's probably got gelatin in. And I don't know what gelatin tastes like, but I imagine that that. Do you think it's it. gelatin? Well, that, well I, won't, I won't do it, but I'll... I'll have, a, um, I'll have a biscuit later. Oh right? no, it might be all right. You, I don't know, really... you know what? I'm having a sort of a Ritz, a miniature Ritz cracker. I think it's fine to eat. Yeah. When you're talking. Yeah, absolutely. Well, um, I had uh, a Chris Norton Walker on the last one, and he you had one. Oh, I, th- I th- yeah. I've never heard. Of... <laughs> I thought, I've never heard of that. A Chris Norton Walker. I thought, a Chris Norton Crispin... uh, No, he supplied oh, loads no, of oh, snacks. Yeah. And uh, and it was very loud, and he insisted upon talking whilst eating. So, yeah, he's a fine. nice chap. I met him for the first time in Hastings, I think. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. I think last year or the year before. Good Hastings guy. Mm, nice chap. Yeah. Oh, now I'm eating as well. We're both eating at the that's same it. time. That's, that's the, good that's podcasting. The podcast, yeah. That is uh, that's what we do. Still. Yeah. So, how have you been? I'm good. Yeah, I'm just. Uh, Chilling out today. Uh, we didn't do any any Edinburgh preparation today. No. I've been I've been making a few uh, vlogs. Yeah, uh, they're on YouTube, advertising those, of course. I mean, we'll do and plugs later. But plugs later. What is, what is I've been your, doing uh... that. Yeah, just actually, the, the vlog is is actually advertising the Edinburgh show. Oh, okay. That's the idea. I mean, people email in the anxieties and aw- awkward sort of um, things. Sort of, what I like sort of the minutiae of life. Yeah. Uh, awkward phone calls or uh, conversations and then I sort of just read them out on my vlogs and at the end I, I advertise I plug the show <clears throat> excuse oh, cool. me so it's really just getting the 
The Edinburgh it's show. It's all about awkwardness, isn't it? Is that? Yeah, last year's show was called Awkward, and this year's show is called Still Awkward Life. <laughs> <laughs> so that, yeah, it's all about nice. bits, about. Um, What's interesting about about that? Somebody said to me actually, uh, another comedian at a at the Lions Den oh, okay. on a Tuesday when I was doing a, a little bit of material, and they said to me, "You, you are not awkward." Now that's interesting, but I was thinking about this this morning because a person generally there's two types of people who are awkward, I think, Sai, and one yeah. is one is the obviously awkward person who you can see yeah in front of you. But another person, if you have low self-esteem or you're awkward or anxious person, which is usually people in the arts anyway. Yeah. I mean, you know, mostly it's comedians, actors and things. That have, Certainly uh, myself. Sort of those kind of people. What's that? Certainly myself. Yeah, those yeah. kind of people anyway. But some people you can see it. Other people, like myself, you develop at a very young age a coping mechanism. Right. And we all do anyway, whether you're anxious. I think, I think most humans are anxious anyway, or anxious people. Fragile. Yeah. And you... Other... Uh, Myself, for example, I've developed a, a coping mechanism whereby you you don't look awkward or yes anxious. So it's it's an act really, which I suppose is what attracts you to into the arts. And the Absolutely. Most, so some people look awkward and some people look extremely confident. You take, for example, you know, you listen to a podcast, an interview with Darren Harriet, and he talks about being shy. And you know, yeah. and if you saw him on stage, you would think anything but. Yeah. So, so that so I would say that was me. Yes. So my show, I'd, my I'd, show I'd is the, the internal, my show is the internal uh, me talking. Right. Do you see in, a, in a monologue of yeah, the confident person is going on stage because that's the that you have to do that. Yeah. And then the, the confident person is telling ins- an awkward person's story. Yeah. If you turn me inside out, then that's the person you. That's the material. Do you mm, see cool. Oh, that sounds really interesting. Yeah. So it's still awkward live, and I call it that <laughs> so that I can still use material <laughs> yeah. from last year's show, and pe- people say. Well, I've heard that material before. I said, well, it's still, it's still awkward. Yeah. It's still awkward life. That was all awkward, and now we're still yeah. doing the same stuff. But it, it's only 15 minutes of old stuff anyway. Oh. <clears throat> and it's not mainly new new, uh, new ideas. That's uh, Yeah, I mean, I do um, I do material about being awkward and uh, sort of anxious. And, but I do, well, I've got quite a lot, lot of stuff about anxiety. And, yeah. Um, but like people say to me, oh, but you're really confident. I'm like, I'm not. Yeah, <laughs> anything, yeah, that's right. I'm, I'm, I'm confident in a very sort of unconfident way. Uh, like my girlfriend was convinced that I was really confident, but now she's sort of she picks up on my little, uh, like sort of a, whenever I get anxious, I sort of I do some, like I sort of tap my hand on my chest. And yeah, yeah. Say, yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm showing Andy. <laughs> He looks suitably <laughs> impressed. Um, but it's making she, me anxious. Whenever, whenever she sees me do yeah. that, she just sort of grabs my hand. Yeah, yeah. Calm down. Okay. Yeah. I think. Well, I think all humans are. You know, I think everybody's humans are fragile. You know, that's absolutely. What, that's yeah. what I think. People show it in different ways, and often people you don't see people's fragi- fragility because they 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 work in a job and they have a home life which is within the bounds of. Of what they can, uh, they can be relaxed in, you know. Yeah. So, so you you don't you just don't see it, you know. Yeah. Sorry, that uh, was that's all right. that was really distracting. So I was doing something with his trying to clean my watch. Cleaning. Jesus. <laughs> so interesting. What I was saying was so interesting that I decided to <laughs> oh, do no, some I'm housekeeping. No, I watch. I thought domestic. Right, uh, what I'll do is rather than <laughs> keep looking at my computer to check the time. To see uh, how you, long we've been going on for. Of course, you need to do I thought, it. I'll look at my watch first. <laughs> how then, long we've been going and, on for? And then I noticed... About no, two no, minutes. No. <laughs> <laughs> I 
and then time as, to wrap in, it up. I could I could see now, and then yeah. uh, I'll be able to look at it later, and then yeah, judge yeah. without sort of yeah. turning it. But then I noticed right. a bit of dirt on my watch and found myself cleaning it. <laughs> <laughs> no, you need to do these things. Yeah, you know, hosting the thing, you need to do the technical side of your brain. Be aware, well. absolutely. Yeah, but most people are, I think are, are like that anyway. Yeah, that's what. And that's it because I, I do a bit about um, like the bit I'm sort of currently really working on is uh, about making phone calls and how that makes me more anxious. Yeah, terrifying. Yeah, yeah. It's, and but the, there's sort of like everyone in in a room. You always see their face as soon as I say that making phone calls makes you anxious. They all go, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah if I'm making a phone call to a bank or something like that, I have to I have to walk around the room with oh, the really? phone a few times to get the confidence up. Yeah. And sometimes I've even watched an old comedy clip that I've done well really just to show me that I'm, and then I then I ring them up just oh, to wow. give me a boost of confidence yeah. you know what I mean because uh, talking on the phone is terrifying yeah I, I saw on the Facebook today uh, I was on Instagram uh, I think they call it a meme I'm not sure what that is really but uh, a little image of some words anyway yeah. is that my right just, in saying just, that just for the record Andy's 82 years old <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm not sure that if that I'm using the right terminology but anyway it was great it was the perfect one for me it said um, it was the the devil and the devil was saying welcome to hell and then the person was saying oh it doesn't look so bad and then the devil finally said we're forming a circle and everyone's going to say something about themselves <laughs> and that is a, that is my worst Fear, yeah, it's awful, and I've had that in jobs, a, a drama school I went to. And I was, I tell you this story. Actually, I worked in a, I worked part time in a, with autistic children. Okay. Uh, two or three days a week uh, to make the money up, you know, in in schools, and uh, in one school they have an, a, it's an assembly, but it's just for teachers, so it's sort of a meeting on a morning where there's a circle of chairs around the outside of the room, which is, a, right. uh, makes my blood run cold. And a new person, I'd been there for a few weeks, and a new person started, uh, I work as a, a teaching assistant, a new teaching assistant started work, and she was in this meeting on a Thursday, and she sat in. She looked absolutely horrified and really nervous. And I said to her, and I guessed, I said to her, are you an actor? She said, yes. I said, well, don't worry, nobody will ask you to do anything in this meeting and she visibly relaxed and i could really? tell because it scars you for life yeah. pushing the chairs back and saying something about yourself yeah yeah is horrifying i did that for three years and uh, and never want to do it again and i've left job things and stuff even on the first day of a new job when people have said here's a sticker put your name on it say something about yourself and i've walked out really it's horrifying uh, i think that's fear. entirely fair enough yeah, I you, hate know, that kind you of don't thing. you don't expect to sort of meet anyone and immediately know things about like get, get to know them. Yeah, have, yeah. A, have a personal conversation. Well, they do it for actors and they say let's them. have a meet and greet. But the, how how humans meet and greet is on a break at work. People will smoke. People will have a coffee yeah. in the staff room, and people will will naturally use small talk. You know, we don't need to form a circle and everyone standing come up and stand in the middle. And mime something that you did that morning. Yeah. It's absolutely horrific. I would never want to do that ever again. Yeah, Can you imagine if that was how everyone <laughs> yeah. greeted each other? Like, Hello, yeah. how's it going? I, I like, uh, yeah. I like shake shoes. it out, shake it out. You know, you yeah. it's horrifying. Yeah. So that was one. You of had my... a good day. Yeah, yeah, not bad. What have you been up to? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you got to mime it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, awful. So I don't like that kind of thing. It should happen naturally, and if it doesn't small talk and stuff. Yeah. Then, uh, 
doing that so that's what that's what I've been up to today nothing much and then plus it's one of my favourite things to be elusive regardless of the scenario yeah uh, well elusivity is uh, if that's the word it's not the word I like it elusivity is good but it can I uh, found in my own life can um, can ostracise you a little bit yeah you know you can end up sort of being too elusive and then it's a little somebody inside saying just tell them who you are and it'll be alright yeah do you know what I mean I quite like being sort of you, you become part of a group but you know everybody individually you you, yeah. you let everyone individually get to know you and then together everyone's like oh he never says anything He's, yeah but, but everyone but do you like that is there a, is some power there yeah, or is it a con- so. no, it's not power is it a control so, it's a control you walk into a walk into a scenario and everyone's like oh this size is a cool guy if you met him just oh yeah he's a cool <laughs> He's not even doing anything. How is he so cool? He's handsome too. Is what <laughs> <I'm saying. laughs> That's great. I just reminded me. I did this. Uh, I was talking to, to Cy. Uh, why am I talking to a third person there? I talked to you earlier. <laughs> addressed Cy, not uh, a listener. That sounds really weird. I was talking to Cy earlier about. Um, I play guitar, and I was talking to you about doing this band thing. Anyway, I was in Rochester at the Rochester Arts Fest, Rochester Sweeps Festival, which is. Uh, I don't know what it celebrates, uh, chimney sweeps, there's a lot of Morris dancing going on, anyway. Right. And at this a little do afterwards, there was a drinks do before I went home. And somebody in the group of friends that weren't my friends, there was uh, other musicians' friends, had seen me at a, a gig as a comedian. Oh, okay. And became very shy because oh, they really? thought I was good. And they they moved away from the group because they were embarrassed to... Meet me, said, oh, that's the guy. I follow, I follow him on Twitter, Andy Story. So he moved away anyway. I didn't get quite a good look at him. And um, I, I felt, after that, I thought, I hope he doesn't come back because I was very anxious in case he came back yeah. with his girlfriend and said hello because I'd be the one that would be anxious to, yeah. to, to live up to anything that he yeah. expected. Yeah. And later on, I, I, I saw him and I thought, I'll just, I'll just go over there and, and, and speak to him. So I went straight over to him and his girlfriend and said, well, how you know how long have you been interested in stand-up comedy? And I started a lovely conversation. It was so good. And about ten minutes later, when I went back to the group, and I was about to leave, I realised it wasn't him. Oh and no! The, and I said to that, I said to my friend, I've just spoke to that guy. He said that's not the guy. The other guy hasn't come back. So there's just a stranger that I'd approached and started to ask him how long have you enjoyed stand-up comedy. He didn't even know who I was. Yeah. He just thought I was very, a very, very kind, like me. very, very kind <laughs> person, you know. Oh, wow. So that was really awkward. But I like that kind of thing. Awkward situations in my life that are in the, in my show, that they make me feel, they wake you up, you know, from yeah. sort of living life behind this sort of gauze, you know, they sort of make you feel alive, you know, because yeah. you're so freaked out. That, yeah, that was the really last, that was only a few days ago, but the last awkward thing that I did. So I take great joy in uh, when I'm on stage. I just, sometimes I just look, just look yeah, at the audience yeah. and it makes it awkward and then becomes funny, generally. Yeah, <laughs> sometimes think... it just gets awkward. But then I, like, again, I've got another bit about it, uh, true to life, yeah. in that I, <clears throat> I, I thrive in an awkward scenario. Because if ever, if everyone else is awkward... Then, as somebody who's well used to being awkward and good at oh, it, oh, the king of awkward, yeah, that's absolutely, great. yeah. You suddenly, uh, if you bring everyone else down to a level of like horrendous awkwardness, you're suddenly the coolest person in the room because you're good at it's, being awkward. It's perfect. Yeah, you've, had, you've got the <laughs> skills. Is, yeah, you're a professional awk- yeah. awkwarder, awkwardian. You know that word? 
that, is it a thing? Yeah, it's a word. Yeah, I've been started using it on my uh, on my vlogs, uh, fellow Awkwardians. You know, Awkwardian is. Uh, I was thinking of a show title for my Edinburgh shows. I started thinking of because uh, it was what well, yes, last year's was called Awkward, and so I thought, well, one could be uh, awkward. You know, yeah. more awkward. And so I think of more awkward things. Yeah, Awkwardian. And I thought, is that a real word? So I looked it up. Anyway, it's in the Urban Dictionary. Oh, okay. And it means uh, somebody who, like you've just said, somebody who is awkward, but they've managed to master it. Yeah. So someone who, you know, the great awkwardians of life would be somebody like, you know, Einstein or some, some famous yeah. uh, painters or something who who were awkward, but they've somehow managed to u- utilise it and yeah. monetize it, or at least uh, utilise it as an artistic thing. So oh, amazing. Awkwardian is great. I like yeah. that. Like a badge. Yeah, get a badge, yeah. Awkwardian. It's a great word, I think. Yeah. So I suppose you, I suppose as a person, you, most people sort of do that side. They sort of turn, you turn your... Well, I was reading an article, a Morrissey article, while I was waiting for you at the train station. Oh, OK. Yeah, sorry. He, he did the same I'm, thing. I was late. <laughs> he was late. So I was late. I got stuck at work. I got locked in. You got locked in. Another awkward... Uh, somebody locked you in or you locked yourself in? Uh, it's a long story. It's a long story. Yeah. Um, I was reading, but that's what Morrissey did as, as a persona. He sort of turned the awkwardness, you know, like the pop star awkwardness that he did, the, yeah. the pop star uh, status that he didn't have. Oddly, he did have because he was a, tra- a good looking, but he, might, he he turned it around so the hearing aid and the, the sort of anti uh, handsome pop singer. Yeah. He used that to his advantage. So that's a, it's like Buddy Holly with his glasses. Because his record label told him to stop, like to wear smaller glasses. If you have to wear glasses on stage, wear smaller ones. And he went, "No, I want bigger ones." Yeah, Buddy Holly's interesting one because he he was a, he's I, I love rock and roll music. Yeah, but he's a rock and roller that I didn't like because of his glasses. Actually, I oh, really I didn't like it because um, I I like liked at the time. Anyway, I still sort of like in many ways my heroes to be perfect. You know, right? And not Morrissey or not oh, Buddy yeah. Holly, but I I. I I'm a big do fan you, of. Sorry, do you, do you think Morris is perfect? <laughs> Not perfect, but he's so, he's certainly been a role model, you know. Oh really? Yeah. Uh, and I know. Let's let's not get into it because I've never liked him. Okay. Well, uh, yeah. A lot of people don't. Well, people don't like him now because of his political views. Yeah. But I think people people can change, you know. Anyway, but we'll get off the Morris's subject. Yeah. But, I, uh, I I disliked him before it was cool. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Well, that's Morrissey. But you know, people turn. I mean, comedians. Absolutely. Comedians do that. If you're, a, you know, a um, big comedian, then you're going to mention that when you walk on. You're taking the power back, really. You know. Yeah. Whatever, the person, like Buddy Holly in his glasses. You know. Yeah. Wearing the glasses to not to make a point, but to also put the power like Harry Potter. You know. I mean, Harry Potter spelled uh, spelled. Look at that. It's always. I've always got it. He spelled, um, uh, you know, a uh, 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 sparked a new way of of the of the superhero. You know. Yes. I think he was the first one. Uh, certainly, the f- someone will argue the point, but certainly the first one in in, in Britain, I think. Yeah. Maybe in a different part I mean, of the world or America or something. Maybe there was Peter Parker, I suppose. The Spider Man yeah. was a bit of a nerd, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, so a spot of Clark Kent is a bit. He's got the glasses on. I mean, but Harry Potter was. Well, that's the funny for me, thing. Was the is, first uh, like Clark child Kent was everyone's like oh it's just some geeky dweeby it's still uh, an enormously built fellow like he's a yeah, you know, yeah. It's a big muscular guy big muscle man yeah 
incredibly hand but uh, you know like oh he's, he's wearing glasses so he's an absolute lo- and I've, I've just started wearing glasses so oh you have yeah <laughs> I well, that was like that, that series ugly betty you know yeah she was wasn't, wasn't ugly no not at all no not even when she was supposed to be yeah do you know what i mean it was never yeah it's yeah. all like the sanitized version isn't it of yeah but harry potter those kind of um growing up i like the heroes to be sort of um the, the muscle man you know the yeah the perfect hero and then the harry potter for me i didn't you know obviously harry potter wasn't aimed at me when we were we know that the books you know it's not aimed at my age of person yeah but even so i thought that was a at first i thought that was the wrong way to present a superhero but i get it now yeah something softened in me yeah i get it <laughs> yeah but i but i still think there's certainly st- a purpose for that kind of character there is, but I, I, there's still an argument, I think, to suggest that like the super body, the super looks, is still aspirational. Yeah. But, it doesn't, but not in a negative way. I think, it, I think there's, a, there's something positive about uh, a superhero being... Somebody, somebody could argue the idea of perfect, but I, th- I, I sort of have an argument that we, we know what, what beauty and perfect looks like. Yeah. And you, you could argue against it and say... The argument against that straight away is uh, what beauty is in the eye of the beholder. But I think, I think often physical beauty is, is actually scientific. Yeah. So I think there's a measured, you know. Well, yes, yeah, we're, we're naturally designed to sort of find specific things, shapes, and uh, yeah, looks, and sim- yeah. symmetry, that kind of thing. For sort of different, yeah, reasons. Yeah. There's... So, and I sort of agree in in, uh, in that sense with that with the. I'm gonna say Jordan Peterson, but I don't. I'm not. Uh, I agree with it. a lot of things that he says. But yeah. he's talking about the lobsters, you know, the the hierarchy and the. Yeah. The, do you know about that? The. Uh, I think I do. He's saying that lobsters. Uh, research has shown. I'm gonna sound very ignorant now, but I'll, I'll tell you what I, what I've gleaned from it. Right. That in in the in the world of the lobster in the lobster world the, the lobster's nervous system. Is is ident- almost identical to a human nervous system, so you can really? give a lobster antidepressants, <clears throat> and it will uh, f- affect them the same way oh, right. as a human might. And also in the lobster world, there is a natural hierarchy, so you can't um, you can try to change it, but there will always be yeah. a hierarchy, you know, and oh, wow. and and, a se- and this sort of separation of things. Do you know what I mean? So drawing that back to what I was talking about, sort of the the heroes and the beauty aspect, that I, I don't. You can come up with different ways to say, well, everyone's beautiful, and, and I agree with that yeah. on an equality level. But we can also, I think, agree <clears throat> that uh, the supermodel face, you know, the other Johnny Depp, or the, you know, whoever Brad Pitt, or you know, George Clooney face, we, I think, we know inherently that that's better looking than my face. Do you know what, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. No matter how you spin it, I think we know that, and I think it would be a lie to. To, to to argue against it, I think we know inherently. Even though you could say, Andy or Sai, or how good looking you are, everyone's been kind. But I think I know that my body is not as good looking. It's not a, it's not a visual treat as David Beckham's body. <laughs> Do you see what I mean? Yeah, I think yeah. we know that. But then, yeah. Do you think? Yeah, I, I know what you mean. But like, there's just, just different people are sort of you know they seek different things, don't they? So, well, they seek it, but. For different reasons, for their from their own, you, you know, you're only seeking from your own insecurities and your own thoughts. Yeah. So you're seeking a particular, 
you know, if you have a niche of thing that you like, let's say you like, uh, say I like blonde girls or I like, you know, men with short hair or whatever sexuality. Or, I mean, is that coming from a place of a real place or is that coming from uh, some that, outside? That tends to be learned behaviour. Learned yeah. behaviour. That's the, that, do you see what I mean? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. But do we know? I always say if you took a picture to the far reaches of the world where media had never had never seen you took a picture of like David Beckham's yeah. naked body and face and my naked body and face I think the people would still this is a weird party <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's perfect I think they would still I think they would instinctively anybody would say this is more pleasing to the eye David Beckham's body and face I just think I just think it's inherent in 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 the human eyes yeah I don't think I don't think you can argue that they wouldn't know and say, "Oh, I like, I like this one. He looks friendly or something." I just think we're not looking at the smile. <laughs> looks like he'd give the, me a nice cuddle. The six pack and stuff, the muscles. I just think it's, it's again. Appealing, well, you know? that is uh, again sort of related to a, a sort of a, a natural sort of base thing of um, sort of wanting someone who can provide, you know, that sort yeah, of yeah. So yeah, interesting. Yeah, sort of the wide shoulders, just the the tight waist on a man. Yeah. Broad shoulders, the 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 strong. That could that sort of inherently. Yeah, it's like, it's like how um, sort of men are, you know, like when when they're sort of interested in women, they're essentially looking for, not always, but sort of predominantly looking for a woman with sort of wide, big boobs, because that's yeah. like you know it's, it's good for sort of birthing and feeding children so yeah yeah i mean you know all people like all different things we, we know that i mean and you could argue many different ways but i just really inherit that we can see you know beauty yeah there's there's science behind it yeah I think there's some science anyway it was was my point i can't, I can't remember <laughs> how this started no no it, my my hours wander off into some into yeah weird, absolutely. strange things always um, a chance that that's going to happen I'm drinking your tea. I yeah, just go my on. First, I, was, I, just, I was about to bring it up because... Um, yeah, I just had my first gulp of... Um, it's, a, it's a decent temperature now. A tea that I chose, which was a beetroot. I'm sure it's got some other things in yeah. it. That's the box. It's uh, Twining's Super Blends range again. Like, thanks very much to Twining's for sending me that. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, can I just one... mention, actually, I, men- I if Twining's are listening, which I'm sure they do, um, I mentioned Twining's in my... I used to mention Twining's in a bit that I did. Oh, really? Yeah, so I don't know whether okay, I owe them so any money. Much. Uh, so Twinings, if I you whether, could, uh, maybe I owe them something. Oh, maybe they owe you. I've monetized. Uh, <laughs> only, only mentioned their name. It wasn't about them. But yeah, I do mention a herbal tea. Well, that, uh, yeah. Well, this one is um, mm. so again. It's from the Super Blends range, which is, and this one has got beetroot with orange and ginger, plus vitamin B one, thiamine, thiamine, T H I A, thiamine. Yeah, thiamine. Mm. Uh, which contributes to normal heart function. So, mm. there you go. Thank, thank you very much. You're going to give me good health for the remainder of the day. Thank you, Twinings. Do we think that um, this? Do we think that this is real? This, the thing, the, the the health properties to a tea. Or do we think it's so negligible? Um, is it like what's well, that I mean, kind there, of? There are certain things 
that sort of that help you know like because uh, turmeric's good for is it digestion and but how much of it do you know what I mean it's, it's probably infinitesimal yeah, yeah. but um, is it a, do you think it's a psychosomatic selling sort of. product yeah selling um, thing yeah it could be I don't know because beetroot you think well like, anyway I've tasted it and uh, I'm not a, going, what, I'm a coffee drinker in okay. na- nature but of course I'm a northerner so I'm a, I'm a tea um, yeah born and raised in the north so the tea is uh, and this is broadly of, neither really part of my life this kind of tea elements of fruit where I'm from would be seen as fancy tea yeah I mean it wouldn't be looked down upon in 2019 but if you drank that people would would think less of you I think yeah in the northeast of England if you if you had a beetroot well this was uh, funny <laughs> enough I saw uh, do you know uh, Constantine Kissing the the uh, is he Russian? Oh, yes, yeah, yeah. of course, yeah. Um, he... I, thought, I thought you were saying consenting kitten. Oh, sorry. I, I thought it was like one, like a female <laughs> Consenting group. kissing. Con- yeah. Consenting kitten, you know, one these ones that's, right. that's, that stand outside um, 10 Downing Street. Yeah, like the, uh, the very quintessentially British they painted pussy themselves, yeah, yeah. yeah. Consenting kitten, yeah. Good name. It's a good name. <laughs> it is a good name. There you go. If, if anyone ever wants to name their band that... Uh, just yeah, let me just know. like Pussy Riot, yeah, Consenting Kitten. I'll, I'll, I'll show you the rights to the band. No, absolutely do it, and then just uh, just tag me in loads of stuff. <laughs> if you could, at the end of every song, just mention this podcast, that'd be great. Yeah. Um, what was I saying? Oh, yeah, he, yeah, he was on, um, uh, is it This Morning Britain? Yeah. The, the Piers. That's no, right, yeah. that's right. And uh, um, Katie Hopkins kicked off because... Oh, that's he, right, and called him something. Yeah, a name. soy boy. I love that. Which I dis- today th- today discovered is uh, that basically just means someone that like sort of they use soy or like sort of non manly things, and I thought, do you know what? I'd be I'd be more than proud to be called a soy boy. Do you know what I mean? When I when I um heard soy boy today, actually, it just just reminds me of like a, a sort of a gay title. Like you've got the bears, you know, you've got the muscle Marys. Yeah. What you into soy boys? It sounds, you know what I mean. It sounds yeah. like one of those things, you know, one of the different sort of labels that you can have. Yeah. Soy boy. It's quite. It sounds quite attractive. Yeah. Got myself a. I suppose because it sounds like toy boy. Yes, it does. Yeah. Got myself a soy boy. Like like toy boy, but um, who <laughs> uses soy milk and soy milk, non-dairy soy milk. Milk boy. So you you have non-dairy milks, is that? Yeah, I don't have milks at all, actually. Um, I used to drink, yeah, I'm vegetarian, so um almost vegan, actually. My partner, Hilary Jane, is a, veg- is a vegan, as we speak, but been a vegetarian for about 20, over 20 oh, years. Okay. So she still has the milk, the, the milks, yeah. soy milks, but actually I don't drink tea at all now. Oh, really? Uh, normal tea. Um, yeah, Cole doesn't either, Cole Donnelly. Who, okay, um, yeah. Yeah, he doesn't have... Uh, because it's not the same. Uh, yeah. I think Carl said that in the podcast. Yes, he didn't did, he? Yeah, yeah. yeah. He also recommended oat milk. And I was going to ask you what your recommendation of... Uh, yeah, I don't do the don't. I don't do the milks. No, I've, I've gone really to coffee now. Yeah. Coffee now is one is my only vice. Do you have that black? That I have it black and very strong. Yeah. And I use it as medicine. So <laughs> okay. I, drink, I drink it like medicine. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think, this is interesting, I think. I've, you know when you... Um, you're searching in life for certainly in 2019 you're searching in life for something that you are you know on the internet so you're, like, yeah. you're trying to uh, think of the way that you behave and think well I'm, I'm certainly on the, on the spectrum of something do you know what I mean yeah yeah 
So for, I was diagnosed at school with dyslexia. Oh, okay. So I sort of, uh, te- I went to school, but I also had special, special teacher came around the house, I think. My memory is quite vague on it, but I had a private, my parents had a private teacher that came around and I did some lessons with them. Yeah. And um, I, I thought, because uh, recently I thought, I'll have a look into, see what else could be associated with that. Well, ADD is associated Oh, right. Most dyslexic people, I think 60%, are also ADHD yeah. or ADD. And, and I think the ADD is, um, ADD sounds like that's somebody's name, ADD. Uh, I think that's without the hyperactive. I think there's there's five different types of ADHD. Yeah. And one of them is sort of like a, a one that I think I probably have is sort of a resting one, sort of a not a hyperactive one. Right. A sort of a slow one. And... Um, they it said in the, in the information Is that like a, just a sort of a, a, a low energy easily distracted yeah and yeah. They, they they can self medicate with black coffee no really because add is a lack of um dopamine right somebody might correct me if i'm wrong if they comment on your thing it's some or serotonin it's one of these one ones yeah and because you haven't got it what, what do you get if you take ecstasy what is that uh yeah so i mean dopamine I, I, or something I, I, it's that anyway I don't know personally but, i think it's uh, dopamine and it's it's you have you have less of that than you should right okay which causes the a dhd yeah part of it anyway the one i'm very uh naively reading about it so don't quote me on it but um the self-medication with with black coffee is very interesting because that's that's what i've done yeah because i used were to were you aware that that's what you did or i wasn't but i used to self-medicate with alcohol right and cigarettes yeah. and all the different uh, things you might uh, might do, and things beyond that. And now that I don't, I've I've gone with black coffee. Yeah. So that's I found that quite interesting. So I'm looking more into that. Yeah, I, that is interesting. I but I don't aware of that. Yeah, yeah. But dyslexia is associated with with ADD, ADHD. About sixty percent of people with dyslexia have that as well. And I think probably I have it, but undiagnosed, you know, right? Because of the time that I went to school, they didn't even acknowledge dyslexia as, yeah, yeah, as yeah. a thing. Stop looking out the window, daydreaming. It was a day. I was a daydreamer. Yeah, pulling the socks up. Nothing to do with nothing. But my parents, very cleverly, did something about it. And oh, okay. Eventually, I was diagnosed with dyslexia. But, but you know, but I, tr- I never call myself a dyslexic un- until now, because I thought it might hinder my. I never labelled myself. Yeah. And I never told anybody. But is this a is this a exclusive? Uh, it is on a podcast for, for yeah. I think so. Yeah. Oh, right. I never really said anything before. Yeah. But as you get a bit older, I think it's it's just nice to, and of course the modern culture, people are interested. Absolutely. Yeah. In that kind of thing. So I thought, well, why not? Why not? Why not say that? It's, I mean, just, I'm not. I'm not, well, I'm, that's, I'm not afraid of it. I'm embarrassed by it. Just, yeah. I just thought it might affect. Lots of people asking new jobs and things. Any dyslexia? I never said yes because I didn't. I didn't want to be to to acknowledge myself as a dyslexic. Yeah. Otherwise, it might just perpetuate. Do you see what I mean? Yeah. The problem. I if mean, you say, oh, it's I, only going to be relevant in particular scenarios as well, isn't it? Really. Yeah. I had lots of problems when I worked in in uh, shops. Right. If I worked on a till, if yes. somebody asked for change, I was I was beyond oh, really? embarrassed. Uh, literally. I actually read a thing about this the other day. There's there's uh like there's loads of different types of dyslexia isn't there mm. yeah like which which do you mainly uh words right but uh so is that like 
because that's it's always intrigued me because I've got no idea. What... I believe I used to write back back to front. Really? Yeah. Um, I don't. I've sort of blocked it all out, but I, I don't think it was the words back to front. I think it was from the right hand side of the page. Right. Okay. Back. Like a like you were Japanese. Like I was Japanese, but I think the words were the were the right way around. But if you see if you see what I mean. But uh, if if a maths, if I sometimes when I work in this with the autistic, well that's embarrassing because I worked in one school with just uh, primary autistic uh, oh, okay. boys, and they were doing uh, some very basic maths, mm. and the teacher in the class thought that I was joking, when I said. I can't even do it. And she thought I was pretending to the child that I couldn't do it oh, wow. to enable the child to think I was at the same level. Yeah. But I could not do it. And it was rudimentary. And what happens when I see anything to do with maths is that my mind goes blank. Oh, really? I can see the maths, but my mind won't in interfere with it. Yeah. It totally locks off. I have total... Oh, wow. It, it just has a breakdown and I can't even function. So it would change in a shop or, <clears throat> or maths or anything. I can't do it. Oh, really? Could do basic adding and subtracting, but yeah. if I was, was there somebody watching me write something and I couldn't, I was so nervous. Filling in a, when I work, I fill in a timesheet after I've done a shift. Yeah. And if, if a teacher's watching me fill it in, I can't do it. Yeah, I have yeah, to yeah. say, can you not watch? Because I'm, even when my partner in the house is watching me fill, put an email password in or writing an email, I, I say, can you not look? Because I'm so nervous. Yeah. With the right, you know, so it's, it still does affect me. Yeah. But I, I've obviously, as most people in this situation, have managed to move into a profession where I don't need to worry so much about, yeah. about it. Although there is a lot of admin in, in comedy. Oh, God. An yeah. awful lot of like this podcasting and having to learn for Edinburgh how to fill online forms in yeah. and record music and load an iPod of iTunes with music. For me, it makes me cry, but... Yeah. Three years I tried to enter the BBC competition, and every year I couldn't even enter it. Not because I didn't have a clip, it's because I couldn't upload it. Oh, and really? eventually I got someone else to do it, and I got straight to the, and I got into the final. Yeah. Because I just because I was able to ask somebody to please help me to do this, I just yeah, couldn't yeah. do it. It was really it's really difficult. So I I found that really difficult. So maybe I've got a ADD, but am I am I do I care well? What does it matter, really? Does it affect what, you? That's, what I mean, what you, can I do? You've got this far. I've got this far. Yeah. I'm doing all right. And I managed to self-diagnose by stop drinking, stop smoking. Clean life really helps me out and I can mm. focus better. And the coffee helps me to focus um, if my dopamine levels are low, if that's what it is. Uh, but I drink an awful lot of coffee, so I've got to be careful I don't yeah, you can, uh, have a you heart attack. Yeah. My heart doesn't stop. What, what do you think of this tea, by the way? Oh yeah, we haven't got round to the tea, the tea, uh, tea party. Um, yeah, I've never been a fan of the herbal teas. Yeah. I used to drink green tea uh, a lot. Um, let's have another sip, just so we know. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go ahead and say I really like it. So it's got a sti it's got a stinging throat, but that's the ginger, that's the, isn't it? That is the ginger, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's definitely there, but it, I think it's it's softened quite a bit by the uh, by the orange. I, I, I'm a bit concerned that I've become somewhat of a, a tea snob. <laughs> Do you think? I mean, I don't drink this, but it's reminding me of perhaps what people. Uh, it's got a hint of the uh, the mulled wine about it. Oh yeah. I don't drink mulled wine, but no, I, I imagine don't. I've just tasted. That's got the orange, isn't it? Yeah. The ginger maybe and some redness to it. Yeah. I know it's not beetroot, but. It's got like a mold. Uh, 
it's, it's quite refreshing. Like it. it's, yeah, it is refreshing. It's because it's got it feels quite sweet, but uh, but there's still that the, the the sort of bitter edge of the ginger. Yeah, but I was, I was thinking about tea and coffee on the way. Fruity, bit from the orange. I was I thinking like about it. coffee and tea on the way here, and I was thinking tea is used certainly in the north. Uh, well, it's not in the north. It's used in Britain as a meditative drink. You know, so yeah. you you know the tea in the north. You would say tea solves your problems. You know, but what, yeah. what it's doing is giving you a time out. So you put the kettle on, time to think, and oh, sit okay. down. Whereas coffee, I've noticed, it's not meditative. Coffee, if you put the kettle on and had a coffee, you would make a to do list. You know, right. coffee is a is a doing thing i think so it's like sort of a, even before you drink it it's a stimulant it's a stimulant if a builder builders tea if a builder's working he's having a break with his tea he has a cup of tea because he's on a break it's a moment to relax to relax whereas right. a coffee you wouldn't think maybe to have a coffee because coffee is making you i love coffee because it's making i'm doing my planning the edinburgh show writing the show yeah coffee is what we need i've no time to reflect but maybe after Five a week in of Edinburgh, then it's time for a yeah. tea. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like more of a more of a relax and think. Okay, what have what have I got here? Yeah. So yeah, yeah coffee is like a sort of a thinking, planning, a doing. Yeah, thing. and I do I do yoga every day, and I oh, also okay. I also have meditated. I'm trying to start meditating again. But yeah. this tea, when I drink it, is is would be the perfect beginning on the mat you know with a yeah often i because i do yoga every day often i i do it i do yoga listening to something yes yeah so i listen to that's why so i listen what, to what, what sort the of podcast that's when i listen okay. to all my podcasts that really? all the com- comedy podcasts because I, I do yoga every night so i put the podcast on and i listen to it it's about yeah. an hour it's perfect i do about an hour 50 minutes of yoga and i usually have a a drink either my barocca or some water or even a coffee yeah uh but this kind of tea would put you in a nice mindset, I think, to yeah, to listen. Absolutely. Well, there was I had a a tea pig's happy flavour. It was happy flavour, um, mm. and I was drinking it on my own nice. on the on the last sort of mini podcast, and yeah. uh, and that was that, that, that sort of really just levelled me up. It's really it was quite relaxing. It's it's nice. But yeah. Oh, do you think that's a? I think that's really relaxing. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, it may be. It's, I don't yeah, suppose it matters. It's, I mean, it's, it's not... interesting that you say that. It's a sort of a thinking. Because yeah. funnily enough, I, um, I, almost only. No, I do listen. I listen to podcasts when I'm sort of if I'm doing like gardening or anything like that. Yeah, yeah. But which I, again is meditative. Yes, gardening. I mean, absolutely. Yeah, it's brilliant. Uh, yeah. But I, when I'm driving, if I'm if I'm I've got other people in the car, then like I sort of I'll, I'll talk to them, and that's the thing that will stimulate my mind. Yeah. If I'm driving on my own, which I often do to sort of gigs and yeah. and the like, um, I'll, I'll listen to podcasts then because I find it stimulates my brain because it, I feel like even though I'm not physically part of that conversation, I feel like I am part yeah, of that yeah. conversation. Whereas when I listen to music, I relax too much into it. So I, see what you mean, I would yeah. have thought if I was doing yoga, and I don't do yoga, I do meditate, but um, mm. if I was doing yoga, I would have thought that I'd listen probably to sort of relaxing music rather than. Yeah, I see what you quite, mean. It's quite interesting, but well, then I suppose. Well, what's what? What's that's, that's a good, it's a very good question. What, I'll qualify what I said in the sense because I do it every night. Yeah. I, uh, I really am using the yoga as a as a physical relaxation yeah. after a show or something. Right. 
not as a as a what you would call a traditional yoga because of course yoga is is beyond the physical into into, into meditation do you know what I mean? yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, within the poses themselves but i'm i'm simply using it as a as, as a wind keep, down as a wind down so really one would say i'm not doing a real yoga but i'm doing the yoga moves on a mat do you see what i mean yeah listening to whatever and even having a strong coffee yeah which don't go hand in hand but i'm not <laughs> so, i'm not sort of doing yoga you see what i mean but i'm doing the moves yeah you see what i mean so do you, would you have a strong coffee late at night then oh yeah oh really oh, so any, at any time because oh, again i was talking to carl about this um because he said his brother um right as a cup of tea late at night and and it says it blows his mind and, and i was like <laughs> oh but I, I do that all the time yeah <laughs> well carl would never do that no, he'd stay he'd, away. He's, he's one of those sort of no caffeine after a certain okay. time, which I get, and I, I understand. Yeah, I don't sleep well. No, I mean, I mean, I'm a good, I'm a good sleeper. Maybe, maybe that's why. Yeah, yeah, I'm a good sleeper, but I don't, I don't sleep. I'm great at sleep. I don't sleep many hours. I, I tell you something, which listeners might find interesting about the human condition, but I'll tell you why. I'm like about to get really deep. It's already pretty deep. It's not deep. But it could be in a, in a strange level, psychological. But the reason why I go to bed late, let's say 2 a.m., something like that. I, yeah. to, I do my yoga about midnight, stay up till about 2, a strong coffee. And let's say I, I've got to be up early. Let's say I'm up at 6 or 7 or whatever like that. I only like three or four hours sleep, usually. Right, okay. So you actually opt for that? Yeah, if I'm working the next day. Right which is the st- a strange way around to do it. If yeah. I'm off, I'll get have longer. Right. Which is the opposite. But the reason is, if I sleep heavy, it, when I wake up, my hair and beard is squashed. Right, okay. And it takes me longer on a morning to prepare the hair and beard set. How, how often do you wash your hair? Three, every th- two... Well, if I'm working, if I have a day job... Yeah every two days if I don't th- every three days I, I wash my oh, okay. hair and beard because I, I use hairspray so if yeah, I, I sleep I imagine this was natural if I sleep too heavily it squashes the hairspray and it takes me longer to unsquash it whereas if I'm I'll only sleep two or three hours lightly yeah. when I wake up is ex- is identical to when I've gone to bed and it just it takes me quicker to leave the house this oh, is the reason. It's weird, so you, isn't it? So you sleep less from a vain perspective. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I don't wear a hairnet, but if, you know, if if that would, I don't think that would help the squashing of my hair. You could. Uh, you know, it also depends on how many days you've get you've, some kind of helmet. That would the, squash the hair. Well, no, but so like, I can like, never ride a motorbike. Sort of I don't like, like hats. Specifically designed. Oh, to, I see what uh, you mean. Yeah. To protect your hair, like a scaffolding for your head. So that's sort of a unique thing to me. I'm sure other people it happens to other people. Uh, that kind of thing but that that has sort of ruled my life really that kind of thing yeah so so i don't like hats anyone that wears hairspray is afraid of hats and rain that's the two main fears always have an umbrella and you don't want a situation where you're forced to wear a hat yeah well i don't use uh, i don't use product in my hair but if it gets even remotely wet uh it will go everywhere it goes so curly it's untrue so there's the fears we live with these uh, um, we're, we're on se- both ends of the perspective secret fears <laughs> but it, my hair and beard is uh, what I call a full set I'm washing the full set tonight it's my, <laughs> this is my third day so okay. the full set so do you, do you wash your beard a different 
with different regularity. Now, a very good point. If I'm at home, no, I'll wash it the, in sync, oh, okay. simultaneously. But if I'm in Edinburgh, to yeah. save time, I will alternate. And that saves me a lot of time. Yeah. So I will uh, alternate. So I'll leave the hair a bit longer, and then I just need to wash one or the other. Yeah. Because doing the full set takes me... It takes me one hour from stepping out the shower to complete the beard. Oh, wow. And then the hair is... If the hair's short, which I usually try to keep it uh, neat, then it that, that that's the easiest thing to do with the hair. Yeah. I just hang upside down, spray it. And usually when I stand you up... hang it, upside down? Oh, yeah. Like... This is the technique to, to, most, <laughs> most people use to get to get tall hair. Do they really? Yeah, or backcombing, but I don't need to backcomb. Yeah. You get out of the shower, you blow dry it, you hang upside down. Where do you hang upside down? Just double over. You just bend, <laughs> you just bend over. <laughs> oh, that's incredible. You spray it with hairspray. Yeah. You, you stay bent over, you wiggle, and then you stand back up quickly, and the hair is usually pretty good. Then oh, you just need way. to comb it into place. That's how you get the height. Yeah, so yeah. Well, you don't have to do it for long. No, just a quick, while you're down there, just a quick movement of the head, get some breeze through it when you stand up. Yeah. Just a little bit of hairspray, and then you need to sculpt it or whatever, but that's how you get Have you the ever height. considered standing over a, sort of a, a really powerful fan? Yeah, you wouldn't, want, you wouldn't want it to blow. Right. Because it would blow it into a direction. You want, you want static inversion, yeah. do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that beard it's... takes about an hour, and then the hair takes... Do you have hairspray in your beard as well? Oh, yes. Is it glistening? I have hairspray beard, yeah. 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 I'm addicted. My mother was a hairdresser, so there's some right. deep-seated thing there, you know. I like the smell of hairsprays. When I was a child, my mother would... My mother worked in a hairdressing shop, and then when she married my father, she lived in York, and my father was from... Uh, my father had a sister who lived in York, so my mother used to cut hair. Anyway, they met somehow. Right. And uh, when she became married, she gave up the shop. Oh, okay. But she still cut hair in in our house so people would come to the house in the, right. in the back kitchen in the kitchen and she would cut hair so I grew up and then she would go out to other people's houses so I grew up uh, with a mother and father but I spent a lot of time with my mother as she went round older women's houses older to me at the time obviously Yeah. and so I would sit with my mother and watch old women as I saw them at the time probably very young probably in their 30s getting their hair done so I grew up around uh, sprays hair sprays right. hair product so that that's they, I suppose perhaps there's something in that. Yeah, it might not be, but the the smell of hairspray is good. There's yeah. some, there's some psychology in there. I like the smell of petrol. <laughs> that sounds like a, I like the smell of petrol on the morning. Is that something from a film? Some kind of quote. I like the smell of petrol. Is that a quote from some film? Is it? No, that you're thinking of napalm. That's, uh, oh, is it? Okay. Now. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Robin, Robin Williams. Yeah. Is that not Robin Williams? No, no that's, sorry. Uh, that's Good Morning. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Apocalypse Now is Marlon Brando. Same location. Marlon yes. Brando. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that is, uh, yeah. yeah. So you like petrol? Why is that? Yeah, I mean, I don't go out my way to smell sniff, petrol. But when, whenever I go to a petrol station, I always take in a good whiff. Okay. I love it. Yeah. That's, is there any association there you can think of? Um, f- no, I just I used to swim in petrol. So you swam in petrol. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's good for the uh, veins. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know. No, I just. Is that it's, true? It's just, no, no, I never swam in petrol. No, it's not true. You uh, never know what people do. Yeah. No, it, rem- uh, it reminds me of uh, when I used to 
set people on fire. No, that's again untrue. Yeah, <laughs> I, have to, I have to quash that immediately. Um, yeah, people like different. Well, smells certainly they bring back memory. You know, that's what actor, yeah. actors use a lot of sense memory smells. You know, to take them back. I think I just like the smell to a time. Petrol smell, yeah. But um, uh, nail I, varnish. I like my mother. Yeah. Used to, but before my mother uh, used to, and also still does, go to church. Uh, great images is of my mother wearing nail varnish and then uh, standing in the kitchen flapping her hands <laughs> to dry them. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, this sort yeah. of image and the smell of the nail varnish. I like that. Yeah. I like the smell of nail varnish because of that. I, it reminds me of church, doesn't it? Um, I really like the smell. Of, uh, like I said, I really like surfing. I'm a terrible surfer, oh, surfing. but uh, but I but I enjoy it. Um, but whenever I smell, uh, like, do you know sex wax? Mr. Zog's sex wax, like sex the, wax. Yeah, it's a it's a surfboard wax. <laughs> uh, obviously, it? obviously sounds very rude. But uh, has like, he called uh, it sex wax? I, I don't know why. <laughs> I think it's not. I think it's not a surfboard wax. It's absolutely. Why a surfboard has he called wax. it sex? I don't know. Why did he call just it a, surfboard wax? It's just a <laughs> just a fun name. I love that. I love that. It's, uh, it's well, it's not even an innuendo, is it? It's just yeah, rude. But there is an innuendo on there. Their slogan wax. is uh, something like "Great for your stick" or something like that. It's okay, sort of so referring to your surfboard as a. Is that what they call it? A stick. Yeah. Okay. I don't know any of this. Yeah, they have wood cores, so that's where that. What's that? The, the surfboards have like wooden cores. Cor- I oh, I see what I you mean. Okay. okay. Yeah. So made from a. Uh, but there's also. Uh, um, they make a they make a, a sex wax for drumsticks because mm. uh, obviously as as earlier discussed uh, as that's, I discussed with Andy that's right. um, yeah, yeah. yeah I uh, yeah I play drums and there's a, a with your sex uh, sticks they do sex wax for drumsticks um, which makes your sticks grip as it does with a surfboard oh but, I see it's for grip is it yeah oh I see but we we sell that uh, in the drum shop that I work in and I occasionally just sniff it. Because it is. Uh, What's it smell it's, like? It's uh, is it coconut or vanilla? I think it's coconut. No, okay. vanilla. It's, no, it's I vanilla. Like, I don't like coconut. Um, no, I'm pretty sure it's vanilla, but uh, it's the best smell in the world. It's my absolute favourite smell, and uh, oh. so, sometimes I just stand in my shop and smell it, and it just it immediately takes me back to Cornwall. As soon as I smell it, I'm, I'm there. I'm on the beach. And if a customer said, "What are you doing?" You just say. I'm just smelling some sex wax. Yeah. <laughs> no, if anyone ever sees me sniffing it, I just say, no, just sniff it. It's the okay. best man in the world. And they look at me like I'm absolutely insane. And then they sniff it and they say, oh, buy some. <laughs> Thanks very so much. So it's used for, in that sh- that's drumsticks, isn't it? That one, yeah. But I th- okay. I've got a feeling it's exactly the same stuff. I was looking up some stuff because I played in the, my guitar in this uh, Rochester co- concert and I was worried about being... If I was nervous, maybe the pick would slide out of my fingers, and right. people reckon I'm doing all different kinds of things for that. I yeah, picks you with a special rubber on or grip on it. Or, yeah, you know. and also for hardening the finger ends uh, quickly. Yeah, when my finger ends are, get harder and softer, depends how much I play. But they were saying super glue or yes, this, or uh, this kind of um, it's called invisible lastoplast. You know, you get, oh, if right. you cut yourself. Yeah. If you cut yourself in a, you know, from the chemist, like liquid plaster. Liquid, that's it. Sorry, yeah. that's it. Exactly, liquid plaster. If you paint that on your finger ends, that's great for a guitarist. Oh, is it really? Oh, tough, okay. For very quick. Yeah. You know, if your fingers are hurting too I've much. I've just, I've just played guitar casually for years, so my fingers are sort of, they're always, they're yeah, soft. Yeah. They feel soft, but they're like, I'll just, I'll play guitar and it's fine. But yeah. um, 
uh, what was I going to say? Oh, I've only I've only ever played like two gigs, maybe as a guitarist. Like I've played a, a bassist quite a lot, but yeah. uh, only ever played like a couple as a guitarist. And uh, one of them, um, I, I lost my plectrum just immediately into into the guitar. Oh, that's the one yeah, <laughs> inside. But yeah. like I was just I was again I was really nervous because yeah. so, like, yeah I'll get up and not be nervous doing stand up. I'll not be nervous playing drums. It doesn't often as translate, it gets, does it, to a no, different skill? As yeah. soon as it comes to playing guitar, my yeah. fingers just turn into absolute yeah, jelly. It's difficult. And uh, I got like a song in or something, and the plectrum just went ping yeah. <laughs> and it flew straight inside the guitar. That's interesting that, 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 that we're saying that to my partner Hillary Jane. We don't often. The nerves don't often, um, the experience doesn't often translate, you know. Yeah. But I think it, it, it does eventually, but it, I played guitar for the first time professionally in last year in Panto. Oh, okay. In Rochester. Uh, I, was, I can't remember what the Panto was now. Uh, Sleeping Beauty, I think. Sleeping Beauty. And it was, we had to be actor musicians, so we played. Right. I played percussion and guitar live, yeah. as well as the characters, uh, one, uh, two characters, the king and the woodcutter. And uh, it was a really nice show. And that was the first time I'd ever played my guitar in front of people. And there were quite a, you know, some audiences were quite a substantial. And I was terribly, you know, my hands weren't even functioning, playing really? all the wrong chords and stuff. But after about five shows, I managed to settle down a bit. Yeah. And then the, then the experience of the comedian took over, right. you know what I mean? So I was, but now I'm fine now with guitar in public. I'm not too bad now. Yeah. I can play. See, it only takes a couple of sort of... Yeah, once you just breathe and just off you go. I, yeah. I don't think I play notes, but I can certainly strum. I can do it play rhythm now. Right. I couldn't play individual strings, I don't think. Yeah, I'd still yeah. be too nervous. That's very difficult. Funny, isn't it? Instruments are very, as you know, it's very difficult. Yeah. As as is the, anything in the arts, you need a lot, you need years of experience, you know, to yeah. do these things, which people think they can do it, most things, especially comedy, because it looks... Now, this that's, is an interesting the, debate. Yeah, is This is an interesting debate I always have, is why is... Free, well, I'll tell you why, but... Eddie Izzard, let's say uh, Ross Noble, Eddie Izzard, uh, Noel uh, Fielding. Yeah. Got the name right? Yeah, Noel Fielding. Those comedians can be uh, can be said are to be genius. Yeah. And comedians like uh, Frank Skinner, um, Mickey Flanagan, those type comedians can never have the genius status they are called great. Right. And the reason there, it links into what we're saying is that because people think they can't do what Izzard is doing yeah. because he's talking about a badger on a skateboard and yeah. people think, I could never think of that. But they think that they can think what yeah. Mickey Flanagan's writing because it sounds like normal people talking. Right. But it's the same. It's exactly the same. Exactly yeah. the same. Because that's the, that's the thing that the way like Mickey Flanagan's brain will work, and I can't obviously, I, you know, I don't know him, so yeah. I can't I can't speak for him. But the way his brain will work, yeah, is working exactly the same as Eddie Izzard's brain is working. The writing is just as hard to do. Just like that's it. Yeah, they're they they they're thinking of different things. So their sort of their their subject matter is different, but the way they're thinking about the subject matters yeah. is yeah. exactly the same. Yeah. And but yeah, the surrealist right. is you're a genius. Absolutely, yeah. But the norm that's, the Peter oh, K, really the funny. normal person, what looks as looks like normal, is always a great comedian. He's never, wow, what a genius. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas if you if you're a comedian and suddenly you start to play a backing tape, people think, Wow, that's great. This yeah. is so out there. It's out of the, outside the box. And yeah. he's, he's got sounds and uh, Whatever, yeah, or Paul Paul Foote, yeah, Paul Foote, who is is extraordinarily great comedian. Yeah, I'm not saying these are these are, all the people I've mentioned are extraordinarily great, 
but Paul Foot would be the genius and uh, a more normal one. Yeah, as normal Frank Skinner or whatever would be just seen as a club comic. Whereas if you listen to his writing, it's absolutely superb. Oh and, yeah, and littered with these great poetic uh, writing and yeah. it's extraordinary writing on both Paul and and Frank Skinner. You know, but one is always seen because an, a regular person thinks they can't do that. They can't think in that way. Yeah, uh, but they can. But also, what they don't realize is they can't think in the other way either. But they, yeah. they think they can. Because it looks like a normal person. Yeah. It's not a normal... Mickey Flanagan is not It's not normal. No. It's very talented. Absolutely. It's extraordinary. Listen, you, you are someone Writer. like sort of, you know, Noel, Noel Fielding to get up there yeah. and and tell a funny story about how, how he got trapped out of the house wearing his slippers. Yeah. And like, he'd immediately start talking about like, a, I don't know, an owl in a blanket and... Yeah. <laughs> and, and like, and it's, yeah. it's... Yeah, it's a completely different thing. Yeah, but like, if... And every man got up and tried to tell that story about being caught out in your slippers. You'd go, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's, I mean, that's I, not I, funny. A highly but, underrated comic, I think, is Jack D. Somebody who I, oh, I've been looking at yeah. again recently. I've always, I've always liked Jack D. Yeah. But, and and um, I'm not saying, I mean, he is famous, obviously. Yeah. But often overlooked in the top 100 or the top 20, those kinds of things. When people talk about who's your favourite ones. Again, because he's just sort of normal, yeah. Person, do you know what I mean? Although just thinking there, talking about that, the, my argument could stem from an insecurity actually, because I've just realised that when I first started to do stand up, I I did I did actually want to be a surreal stand up. I oh, really. I just thought of that when I was talking about out loud there, like Andy Kaufman, yeah, who I really like, but I just couldn't do it and I didn't know what to say. So it's possible, although I think I am correct in what I've said. It's possible that, that my a grievance stems from a jealousy oh, that funny. I couldn't think of it. Yeah, I wanted to do like wacky stuff. I just couldn't. I, don't, I don't, can't think of anything. Yeah, <laughs> so that's, maybe I just argued myself against it. But I quite like that. I don't yeah, mind that. that's quite funny because I uh, like I don't, I don't do anything that that's surreal. Like there's sort of some yeah. slightly off the wall ideas perhaps, but. I um like and I've discussed this sort of a few times on different sort of things, but uh I, I I've always considered myself like from the start I thought I was just doing straight stand up comedy and I'm sort of and I was I was doing this stuff about paranoia and I yeah. thought it was just like straight like oh yeah, this these are things yeah, that happen yeah. in my life. And uh for the first few gigs people get coming up to me and asking how I came up with the character and I was like, Oh that's, well, that's yeah who I am as a person but <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, it's so really funny. Um, I love that when other people tell you about your act. Yeah. Although I don't like to call it an act. Other, uh, uh, you know, thing the thing that you do. Yeah. And and you didn't you didn't realize, you know, you don't realize you're doing it. That's what yeah. you're saying. I've had that a few times in in my life. You know, and you think, oh, is that? Someone said last year a lovely quote from a, a reviewer, said determinedly low key, <laughs> but the, the humor of that is. Up to that point, which is only last Edinburgh, that's eight years I've been doing stand-up. I didn't even, I, I didn't even realise my energy was low. <laughs> I had no idea. I thought I was just doing the same as anybody. Yeah. I had no idea. And oh, now, now funny. I've I read that and I look back at my clips. I think, oh yeah. <laughs> I had no idea. I just thought oh, I've got big, just normal energy. Yeah. <laughs> so you're talking about small things in this low key. Someone even said like mutt chuntering along. I thought. 
I said, well, I'm doing that. And then I realised, I am doing that. Yeah. But now I quite like that. They yeah. Are, this Ed Fest, I don't like reviewers. I don't like reviews. I think this is pretty pointless. But the Ed Fest mag have done two reviews. Uh, one was four, one was three, regardless of whatever the stars are. But they really have actually pinpointed some very good things. And the year before, or the year before that, 2015, 2016 or something, Ed Fest wrote a lovely review. I don't know who the individual writer was. But actually that that was what I was aiming for, what, oh, okay. what they'd written and actually take a lot of stock in the writing and uh, thought, yes, that is my vision of, they saw what I was trying to do and I've taken that further and it's been successful. So that's interesting. Although I think reviewing is, uh, it's nonsense really. It doesn't really. Yeah. As like many, time, as many people say, it's it's not for the comedian. It's not, yeah, it's not it's, for the comedian. It's yeah. for the audience. It just seems a waste but of time. But even then, like, you know, it's it's such a sort of personal thing. Like you were saying, kind of many surrealist comedians would be considered genius and sort of yeah, etc. Yeah. But then a lot of people that like straight stuff would watch that and go, "This is awful. It doesn't make any sense." Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's it's you know it's not for the comedian. It's not really for the audience either. It's for the it's for the critic. It's for the critic. Yeah, we don't we don't need. Uh, I don't think we need them. No, I don't think it would change anything. In Edinburgh, anyway, I don't think it would change anything. And why are critics? This is the thing that is is humorous to me. Why are critics reviewing Louis C.K. or Billy Connolly or those people? Why? Why would you do yeah, that? What they, is the they point don't need of that? The publicity. Why are you putting Billy Connolly? I went to see Billy Connolly, and have the audacity to say four stars out of five. Yeah, yeah. Well, how can you say that to yeah. some someone? Do you know what annoys me the most? What I say the most we talk in these sort of grand generalised statements what annoys me a lot in life is people who don't appreciate the back catalogue of something this is the Morrissey thing again or or anybody like that just just to say that oh I went to see Billy Connolly recently oh how the mighty have fallen the mighty does somebody got annoyed about this Robert De Niro advert yes and I was very angry about that how the mighty have fallen there's no falling here you 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 don't you're not you're not erasing the history. You know, if somebody yeah. does an advert, say, um, John Lydon, Sex Pistols, uh, some butter spread he did, yeah, and people were up in arms about it because he was anti-establishment. Now he's doing utterly butterly or something, whatever yeah, yeah. golden spread, whatever it was. Nobody is erasing his back the back catalogue of his life. Yeah, you don't just erase it and say, "Do you see what I mean?" Or Iggy Pop doing whatever. People grow up and change, but also you're not erasing like a Ghostbusters with all the female cast. Yeah. You still have Ghostbusters. You, nobody, you're not erasing the past. So just annoying that sort of Billy Connolly, uh, he's not good anymore. It doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. Why are you viewing it's, it in those really I mean, cynical eyes to say that? What I find about that sort of thing is, uh, like my go-to example would be like uh, the band Muse, because yeah. they used to be one of my <clears> favourite <throat> bands for years, and yeah. I like, absolutely adored them. And... Uh, like the way their music started going, like they they changed what they were doing with every album, sort yeah. of like Radiohead, um, yeah. like and it changed all along the way. And I mean, Radiohead, I think, is a good example, sort of alongside that, because uh, like Muse changed what they were doing in such a way that they were just sort of experimenting, they were enjoying themselves and sort of building on what they were doing. Yeah. And it got to a point with their stuff where I said, do you know what? I still love what they used to do. The new stuff, it's not for me. Yeah. Whereas Radiohead do something that is like astonishingly different to what they used to do, but 
it still speaks to my sensibility. So I'm, yeah. I still like it. Yeah. But then I don't think Muse are rubbish now. I just think what they're doing, although that said, the the latest stuff is is uh, is, is quite good. But yeah. like, I think there was yeah. just a bit in the middle there that uh, it wasn't for me. But that's fine because there were other people that love it, and like that's all right. Like you don't have to love everything that everyone does. Sometimes yeah. you just go, I like I like the old stuff. Uh, yeah, and Morris is a good example for me yeah. because I I like I love the Smiths and a lot of Morris's early stuff, but the last three albums. I never bought and I didn't oh, okay, I heard yeah. I didn't like it. But that's fine, that's that's fine for me. Yeah. I'm not I'm not saying, Oh Morrissey, you know, how rubbish you are. Yeah. Doesn't that doesn't make sense to me, you know, or or how could someone go to a concert? once you're established as a star, I d I just don't understand why you could, how you could give oh look, I went to see Tommy Tin and four stars. I mean, how arrogant is that? Yeah. It doesn't make sense to me. Or, or they say I'm just judging the one show. Even that, I mean just doesn't make sense. Yeah. Once you've gone past a certain level Robin Williams, you know, oh, went to see so and so, you know, how could you four star? How, Louis C.K. four? How could you do it? I saw Louis C.K. four star something. How could you do that? Yeah, it doesn't make sense to me. To be to sit there and think, to sit there. Why are you going to watch that anyway and reviewing it? Yeah, that'd be a jerk. Just go and enjoy it. Yeah. Why would you even go to that? This is like I I saw someone wrote a little while ago that. Anyone that like and, and, and don't get me wrong, like sometimes sort of there are negative reviews for sort of good reason in that there's something that's sort of really bad about something, but we should really only be reading the positive reviews because those are the people and, and not to say that like we shouldn't have negative opinions about things, but generally if it's just like sort of oh he did a couple of jokes that yeah. like, they didn't land very it was rubbish, like two starts. Like there's 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 no point in doing that. We just if we just review things like the things that we like and review them positively, then the people that like those things will go and see them. Yes. If, if you see that something hasn't got reviews, then it's probably because it's rubbish. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like kind of it's just it's just spreading negativity, and I I, I think that exacerbates uh, sort of negative reviews. Yeah. And negative reviews. Uh, Beget negative reviews, you know, and yeah. like, uh, and but if we were just sort of positive about things, then we'd be able to see the positive in things. Even like that's, that's that is supposed to be the idea of a reviewer is that they're supposed to think, see, see things, um, uh, like sort of from from their, uh, I can't remember the word, like subjectively. Yeah. yeah. Um, and you know they review something, and I've I've seen a few, and they say like, do you know what? It wasn't for me, but. I can see that a lot of people in the room were enjoying it, so like it's good and he's sort of the the writing's good. Yes, but it's in, just not in for that me. they've already put the the sting in there, haven't they? They've already said yeah. the general public reading that will think it's not good. It's yeah. saying it's not for me. You know what I mean? But I I prefer that to saying that's yeah. rubbish. But the the relationship of the comedian's relationship is with an audience. Yeah, this that's a relationship of the, of the art form. Yeah, yeah. It's not it's not a relationship between the, a comedian and someone with a notebook. Yeah, it doesn't, they don't belong there, you know. It's like you know. I just think, in there's always been critique of art, you know. But I think the crit, the the critique, should be the audience, when they've returned home. Yeah. To their, with their partner or on the bus on the way back. Yeah, yeah. That's the only critique that should happen. If if somebody, if Grace and Perry makes a a pottery, you know, uh, and shows it, the pot, like this cup here, that it, that's it. It's there, you know. Yeah. 
So you look at it, I look at it. Just enjoy that. Yeah. We don't, we don't need somebody else here with a notebook to tell people that are not here whether they've, they have enjoyed that cup or yeah, not. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Just put your notebook down, enjoy the cup. And you can go home and tell other people, but you don't need to maybe look t- at a photo of the cup. If yeah, you, I'll tell. You know. I don't need to write it in a in a magazine or something. Yeah. From to, I, I just don't understand the idea behind it. I'm sure yeah. if there was a critic here now, they could they could explain and critic the podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what are they yeah, talking but, about? Yes, but this is a good point. The yeah. pod, people listen to this and they'll turn it off if they don't like it, or they'll, they'll, they'll say yeah. to their partner, "I've listened to this podcast and these stories are absolute shit." Yeah, the, other, uh, the other episodes were great. But. And that's, and that's, yeah, but that and that's fine, isn't it? Yeah. But what you don't want is a, a review, a reviewer reviewing your podcast and then printing it. You know, not enjoying it. Yeah. And then, and then printing it because then people won't listen to it. Yeah. But you want people to listen to it. You that's don't it. want well, someone it, saying they didn't like it. Every conversation. This is the I've worst had... podcast. Cup of tea with Cy Deves is the worst podcast. Yeah. But if if that was a, in the newspaper, that's a bad thing. Yeah. That's not. That's nothing to do with. They've they've missed the point if they write that uh, that headline. They missed the point of the art, you know. Yeah, artist, art is there. Just uh, is there is just there. It should just remain there in a gallery. You look at it. You don't need to make a note of it. Do you know what I mean? You don't yeah. need to write down it. When you look at a painting, you don't need to write down about it. It's fine, you know. Just it it involve yourself with it. Look at it. Let it affect you or not, and move on. Yeah, and carry that in your. In your body somewhere. You don't, you don't need to, even to tell anyone, really. I don't understand this sort of... Anyway, there will be always critics, I think, as they do it for a job. But uh, I don't read mine in Edinburgh. Oh, okay. Why? Um, I read... No, them. sorry, that's not... <laughs> wise. <laughs> They're all awful. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. yeah, you've read them in so very wise. <laughs> no, but, but not for that reason, not because they'll no, undoubtedly be awful. But uh, no, just to uh, yeah, just to save myself. That's one of those attitudes. Any, any hassle. Uh, I read them in September. Yes. And my partner will That's say it. if I of... say to my, she'll read them, and I'll say, look, if it's a five, just say you've got a five. Yeah. Uh, other than that, don't just pretend you haven't read them. Yeah. And she she doesn't. And then she I know she's read them, but she'll she'll say she hasn't seen any. Yeah. And then in September she'll say. Oh, yeah, I'm glad you didn't see that one or whatever, you know, in, in August. Whatever. But I think that's a good way for me anyway to do yeah. it. Yeah, well, that's it, because uh, the, 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 sort of the general attitude is that you should be happy with what you've written. Yeah. And, like, as as long as you, you're enjoying your show and you feel like it's a good show and people enjoy the show yeah. for what it is, then the reviews don't matter. Yeah. And then, like, because otherwise, if you read those reviews, you'll be looking to change what you've been doing. Yeah. But you've already written a good show, so yeah. what you don't need to change it. Yeah. There's, there's only one reason I can think of where, where the reviews, where the stars, would matter, and that is if you were getting fives yeah. all across the board, you could you could send those to management, an agent, somebody in the business, and they they might have a little look. Yeah. If you were five, 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 sold out kind of fives. Yeah. But beneath that. Then you win best show and get ten grand. Yeah, beneath <laughs> that, you've, they're not relevant. Even the stars, people don't even put them on their posters anymore. Really. Yeah. You know, they, they certainly wouldn't it, put anything below just, a four just anyway. More quotes from other acts of them. Yeah. And, than... Yeah, other acts, and you could you could certainly uh, blue t- uh, print stick uh, four stars on your poster. Even what even you just made it up. Yeah. Even without a quote, just just put some rows of stars. I don't think even would anyone would even question it. Yeah. 
if, if that's what it's supposed to be. But if, it, if the stars are supposed to be only for marketing, then then we could just all lie about the stars. Absolutely. Like, well, like you I've would seen lie a few on, people on a, on a who like package. they've got sort of four or five stars for like sort of sketch shows and stuff that they've done with other people and then they've gone to do a solo show and they still put those five stars on it's like, of course i mean it's disingenuous but it is disingenuous. but if it if that's what it is if it's marketing you you're know. technically like you know if you've won awards doing the other thing yeah, technically you're still an award-winning comedian just not for what you're now presenting of course and, and of course if you put the stars embedded on your poster they're not stars from the year are they they're from yeah, last year absolutely so if i put i think i don't have any stars on my poster actually this year just a couple of quotes, but I mean the quotes were from last for, from last year. Yeah, the Glenmore quote and the Sue Pollard quote uh, are from last year, but they're on this year's poster. Yeah, so she's Sue saw my show last year, so she's saying that was a good. She this if she saw this one, she might think it was hopeless. But yeah. her name is on the poster. Too saying, late now. Saying, <laughs> saying that she liked it, but I did ask the people. I did ask yeah. both of them if I could use it, so no, they're absolutely fine. Yeah, so that's nice. nice. Speaking of Edinburgh, uh, where where's your show? Yeah, the sh- the show is at the Mash House with just the tonic. I love it, room. Uh, the Snifter Room. Yes. Uh, at one one fifty five p.m. Great, good time every day, apart from the twelfth. Just the tonic, yeah. Mash House, the Snifter. Uh, last year I was in the just the tonic. I was at the, one of the caves. Oh, okay. But I've chosen. I've opted for a, a show on a floor this year. Right. Snifter Room, I believe, is the floor. There's no stage. Or if there is, it's an inch high. Yeah, it's a well, it's a small room. Was it like forty seats? Sixty. The same as my last year, but last year I was on a stage, and I felt the front row. My stage was as my feet were as high as their eye line. Yeah. with I a, with a like, room that small, it's a bit pretentious, isn't it? I thought I was a little bit high. Yeah. If the show was was if the show was quiet, I was too far away from them. I felt too isolated. Yeah. I think if it, if if I get a quiet day, as you undoubtedly do uh, at least once. Because I'm on the floor, I think I'll be fine. It's more intimate. I Absolutely, prefer yeah, that yeah. style. And of course, as we've as we've uh, ascertained, my uh, style is determinedly low key. <laughs> so the the closer I can get the audience to me physically is is better. Yeah, I prefer working in, in that environment anyway. Yeah, same. Yeah, on a bigger stage, I think the biggest stage I've ever played was the Cardiff Glee, and that was I think that's five hundred people. But the st- the stage is very small, and and the audience is broad. Yeah, if I, my memory serves. So they're, they're actually quite close to you because it's a, sort of a broader right. audience, wider. Yeah. But like, uh, like up the creek, you like, know, they're um, quite, the back row is right. quite close because they're around the sides and they're, yeah. it's broader like, than um, it's, Glasgow stand. Like, really, like yeah. exactly the same, yeah. Really wide. The, wide, yeah. Which yeah. Is, it's not ideal um, for a stand up, I don't think, wide because you have to turn, odd, but... you have to turn the punchlines somewhere. I, I knew um, a comedian who played downstairs at the old um comedy cafe in Shoreditch. Yes, and if yeah, you remember yeah. the old room downstairs yeah it was a sort of a half moon shaped stage and the audience were round like a you know round yeah. all the way around and this comedian said they were doing comedy the punchlines were on placards it was visual comedy right. so the, of course the audience couldn't couldn't see yeah only where they showed it so what they had to do is do the punchline and then Show the placard stage right, and then turn it all the way around, oh, <laughs> so the whole audience could see it. Yeah. So the laughter was just nothing, you know, because they're having to move the punchline, and that is the same. Something like let's say upstairs at the Camden Head in Camden. Yeah, it's on two very s- severe sides. 
And the, you know that yeah. sort of run up there. And you, yeah, yeah. if you do a punchline, you have to sort of maybe favour that side and then do the next one over there. Yeah. If you stand halfway in between, you sort of and, and, and just the wall really. So it's not ideal, but I think the snifter yeah. room is quite just yeah. End, it's just a just little, head on. little box room, isn't it? Perfect. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's perfect. Well, I, I mean, I, um, I, I've i got uh, a bit in my show where I, I, I play a game uh, involving some boards that I just yeah, turn yeah. over. But I uh, drove to drove to Cornwall a couple of yeah. weeks ago to preview there. Forgot the boards. So I just had to, I just had to <laughs> yeah. do it with words and it actually still works. So oh, I, yeah. I think I might get rid of the boards. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. When, when I went to the Edinburgh stand... I'd got off a National Express and I was I did the you know the three stands you yeah. know the weekend kind of thing, and uh, I had a suitcase and when I arrived there the man running the show because I was just just about on time for the start of the show, right. he presumed I was a prop act. Oh okay. And he said, "Do you want do you want to get all your stuff out ready?" <laughs> so I was just like towel, underpants, and stuff. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I could have done a prop act with it, but I said, "No, this is just my suitcase. I've just arrived." Yeah. Here. So it was funny. Amazing. I mean, whilst uh, whilst we are in the uh, in the um, I don't know whilst whilst we're plugging stuff, um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I just I just want to say just while you're listening, uh, I'm doing I'm I'm launching um, the South End Comedy Festival, it's just South End Festival. Uh, well, not I'm personally launching. Ross McGrain is launching it. Who we've got on in a couple of weeks, but uh, I uh, my show's on the first night at the Alex on the fifteenth of June at six pm. Uh, so come down because it's going to be a blast. Uh, is that is that all fully booked then? If you want anybody, the, uh, do you know what? Give them an email because there might is be a couple Ross of spaces. Ma- Ross, Ross McGrain, yeah. I think I know Ross, a Facebook friend. Yes, I think, I'm, I'm and are people doing full length shows? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, incredible. Okay. Uh, yeah, just like Cole Donnelly's doing it. Um, oh, what's the what's Simon the date? Broken. To and from the fifteenth uh, of June is the fifteenth of June is the first one at the Alex. Um, okay. um, until I think it's until the fifteenth of July. Oh, it's it's a good one. Yeah, that's costing you some a little bit, a lot, or not too uh, much. It's reasonable. Uh, let's talk about it later. It's reasonable. Uh, yeah, okay. no, it's 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 extremely reasonable. Uh, okay. Yeah, I might give him a bell then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He he did say yesterday there's a couple of spaces. So, oh, uh, brilliant. Yeah, well, that's give, good. Drop drop him a message. And, yeah, we'll do that. Thank you, sir. Thank you up. Um, Yes, but also don't tell your friends about the podcast because uh, it's 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 good fun. Uh, it's a good one, yes. Good, it's a good listen, side Eves. Yeah. Uh, oh, thanks very much. Yeah, tea, you listened to one earlier. T cast. I did listen to one. Yeah, it was great. Yeah. Um, where can people find you socially? Not socially. socially. Not, not, not in person. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't, I'm not in any pub, local pub or something. Yeah. I'm on the socials, socials, uh, Twitter at funny story. And the same on Instagram, funny story. That story with an E. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, S T O R E Y. I mean, I'll put the I'll put the link on the yeah. on the old uh, description anyway. But my website is uh uk with all my sort of live uh, things on there, and my vlog, my vlog is on YouTube. If you just uh, type in Andy Story comedy, Andy Story comedian, it'll it'll come up got about uh, 30 clips on there so far and i've done six vlogs vlogs so um if anyone of course people listen to this wonderful podcast so email me at uh, andystorycomedian at gmail.com with some awkward uh, things that have happened to you and uh, it's nice to interact with, with the audience and i read them out you see on on the vlog so that's quite fun yeah 
which Twitter. may become a podcast you were saying it will be potentially a, a podcast yeah still awkward life a lot of fun podcast which would be great yeah if you're or, if you're an awkwardian like me and Sai, oh, yeah a fellow awkwardian then it might well let's call the podcast that the awkwardians yeah, yeah. Call it something i like that, that. It's, it sounds regal just it's just so <laughs> yeah. Really, yeah well taking yeah taking ownership of your awkwardness absolutely it's perfect yeah. it's, so, it's an empowerment that. Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, I mean, what? Uh, yeah. Cool. Awkward moment. So you couldn't think of words. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, I love it. Yeah. I'm, just, I'm. I'm embracing it, and I feel good about it. It's yeah. Fine. Good. Yeah. It makes you feel alive. Yeah. yeah. I, I feel alive. I'm gonna run out and punch an old lady. I'm not gonna. <laughs> that's not gonna. Um, yeah. Don't don't forget to uh, follow the podcast and subscribe. Tell your friends to subscribe. Where uh, it's at Tea Party Pod on all of the things. That's just the letter T Party Pod. Um, and teapartypod at gmail.com just send in some emails and tell me nice things about yourself what? that's weird <laughs> uh, cool um, yeah is there anything Brilliant. else anything else you want to plug any, any previews yeah I've got I've got previews in Hastings please oh, yeah. please please come to Hastings yeah on, it's a great in June festival right in the middle of the, June is it uh, one moment looking at the it's probably uh, that weekend isn't it that I actually do a bit in my Edinburgh show about phone noise where you're looking at something and you have to yeah, you have to sort of make a noise whilst do you have the click looking... wheel noises on what's that the click wheel noises that's a, a reference to old iPods oh I don't know that <laughs> but you have to make a verbal noise you have to say yeah, looking now let them in the diary now you have to do all that right okay so, well I rang up somebody once and uh they didn't make any noise. It was very disconcerting. I thought they'd gone. But you have to make that sort of phone noise. You know yeah, what I mean? Absolutely. Oh, so that's really funny. My show is on the 15th and 16th of June. That is the Saturday and Sunday of June in yeah. Hastings. You'll see a poster or look on their uh, website. So if you're in or near Hastings. It's on at 6, 6 p.m. I think. 6 go, go, go and see Andy's show because at the exact same time in South End on the 15th <laughs> is my show. Oh, yeah, so that's right. If, if you're up this I've way. I've chosen that date on purpose <laughs> yeah. as a rival show. Yeah, oh, I can't. Yeah. Uh, yeah, obviously, if you're in that direction, go and see Andy. But <laughs> yeah. if you're anywhere else in the country, uh, come see me. Brilliant. Yeah. Great. Well, thanks very much for coming on. I absolutely loved it. Uh, yeah, and thank you to Twinings for a beetroot tea, yeah. which I might have again. You know, it's quite nice yeah. actually. I'd, uh, I'll give you. I'll give you another bag. Yes, please. I'll take yeah. that home with me. Yeah, it's, re- it's a really nice tea. Well done, Twinings tea. Yeah. Good work, guys. And uh, and thanks again to Gemma for letting us borrow oh, yes. her flat because my house isn't ready yet. And good luck, Gemma, with your audition. Yes. Uh, for the show absolutely. Oliver. Yeah, I'm sure you're on by the Little Theatre Company in Southend, which yeah. my sister's in. Uh, very good company. Oh, well, uh, go and see that if, yeah. you're, if you're yeah, not yeah. a size the show on my show. Go and see Oliver Twist. Yeah, so featuring, a different date though. Featuring it's, Gemma. It's, it's in like six months. Gemma but, caricature. Yes. Uh, cool. See you later. Bye. Thanks very much for listening, everyone. That was Andy's story. I've been side Eves. You've been lovely. Thanks very much. Thank you. Thank you very much. Have I said thank you very much? Thank you very much for listening. Um, I really hope you enjoyed it. It was a good chat, I think. Um, you know, we've got more coming out next week as well. So please keep your ear to the ground. Please, like I say, uh, continue to give me some good reviews on iTunes and the like. Please continue to get in touch. Tell me how you like your tea. Uh, what your favourite tea is. Who your favourite tea manufacturer is. Uh, the name of a handsome man that makes your tea at the tea shop i don't know whatever 
give me a shout. I love hearing from you. It feels it's nice. Uh, uh, it makes me pleased to be doing this podcast. Uh, don't forget that you can buy tickets for my show, uh, Size Matters, at the South End Festival on www.thesouthendfestival.co.uk. And then there's a link from there. But additionally, there are some amazing acts coming down. Like loads of really, the quality is absolutely unreal. So you're in for a real treat. Uh, So get to as many as you can because it's going to be really incredible. Additionally, we can't keep going if you don't come. Uh, So we need you. But please, just, just, oh my God, there's so much good uh, comedy on your doorstep if you just look for it. So, you know, even if you're not nearby Look for it. It's around. Uh, Thanks very much for listening. I'll see you next week. I love you. Goodbye.